0: Welcome to Resilience Found, a podcast of stories shared in hopes to inspire, encourage, and most importantly, let others know they are not alone. Everyone has a story to tell. Do you want to tell yours? Today, I'm talking to Roz and Trey in Chicago about their journey through infertility. And Roz and Trey, I just want to say thank you so much for being here today. I'm very grateful to see both of your faces again and for your time today. So thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Good to see
1: you. Thank you very much.
0: I guess we'll kind of dive into it. I mean, can you kind of paint the picture of we're married now? We're thinking about starting a family and take me to the beginning of, of that.
2: Yeah. And we should probably share also. We'll be married 18 years this June. So just so your, your listeners context as we talk through, about, you know, some of our, our background as well. Congratulations. Yeah,
1: so of course, um, uh, we had talked about having children before uh we had, you know, gotten married. And so the during the reception, you know, my uh my mom was Definitely excited, you know, uh, she was talking about, of course in front of everyone, talking about, you know, having grandkids and, you know, that we were, you know, Roz wanted five and I I wanted uh, three children. So, I mean, so that, that was in, of course, June 2003. And so we had decided, you know, we were not going to or try not to have children immediately. You know, not the first three years. I I would say so. I would say probably in two thousand six. That's when we really tried to have children it was off of birth birth control. Yeah. And, and um, really wanted to see you know have a, a specialist or a doctor. Yeah. Uh, at that time, so we were in his office and you know he mentions or talks about. Uh, you know that we have a three to five percent chance of of. Confusion. And that was in two thousand and six.
2: And so we're in shock because we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That doesn't even make sense for us. Um, was never a thought that that could ever be something that we would hear. We had, you know, we, we both are in, um, believers and, and people of faith, and, and we met in our church, we dated, we had both, um, part of our love story and our journey is that we both recommitted our life to Christ and decided that we wanted to abstain until we were married. Um, so, you know, intimacy didn't enter into our relationship sexually until we were married. So this was really, we we had no outside children. So we never even knew this would be an issue for us. So it was it was a big shock.
1: And and so it, it definitely was a shock. Uh, you know, it was all kinds of emotions for both of us, you know, for the both of us. So it it was, I think initially really perhaps uh definitely a surprise shock, but also um anger, anger I would say toward God. And also embarrassment too, because you know, we 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 have family friends who um, had children mm-hmm. and are starting a family, and so we were hoping to do the same thing, not necessarily following, but because of just we you know we wanted to just not just it's not just about starting a family because we are my wife and I we starting by by then I do, but. um, by expanding and, and multiplying the family unit. So it was, it was really, you know, it was, it was definitely um, a a major issue <laughs> immediately um, 2006, 2007, 2008, and really going through, I think, you know, when my wife was taking Comid, the mm-hmm. infatility drugs, um, just, you know, trying to be there for her. And, you know, she was, you know, had definitely various emotions, um, which is to be expected. Mm -hmm. And I really did not necessarily, wasn't as, I would say probably not as emotional at that point as, as my wife, but I was always writing down, I was journaling, you know, I was writing things down on how I felt uh, in my, in my journal. So those, those, uh, emotions that I, that I did have and what I already described, embarrassment and those things, were, um, things I put down in my journal.
2: So we had a lot of different processes to embrace. Um, Trey mentioned Clomid, we did IUIs, we tried in vitro, we tried everything. I had two surgeries, a laparoscopic surgery, um, just to try to figure out what we could do to make and improve our chances of conception. Um, and nothing worked. Didn't understand why it didn't work. I struggled with grief and depression for years, and I um, I cried a lot. I felt very alone, because we had friends, a lot of friends. we were in a a larger church or we were connected to a larger church and I didn't have that community safe space for others could relate. So I felt very isolated in my journey. I felt like I needed to seek out support systems and it was very difficult to find that. it was very difficult to find that with other African-Americans. My husband and I were African-American. And so it seemed very um, unusual for an African-American couple to be experiencing this. You know, and people would say some crude stuff. Like they'd say stuff to my husband like, you shoot shooting blanks or just, and they would say things out of ignorance. They didn't intend to hurt, but they just didn't understand. So then it became like, we need to educate them and be transparent about our journey and help people understand that it's not as easy for everyone to start, you know, to have children. So it was a very, very difficult season of our marriage in our lives.
0: So Trey, you had said, you know, you dealt with some of your feelings through journaling. I mean, that's a great way to kind of get things out. And I, I do that myself too. And Raz. What, Raz, what were you doing to, like, how were you managing your pain?
2: Well, part of the way that I've always, um, managed pain is I've become a woman of faith is God has given me the gift to worship him through song. So I wrote songs and a a lot of times I would just worship God and spend time at his feet. And I'd be honest with him, like this hurts And I don't understand it. And it's very hard. And I'm angry. And I have to be very broken and angry. And be real with God. About what I felt. And I would cling to scripture. You know. The Lord is near to the broken heart. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. God doesn't want us to hide from our pain or suffering. He understands it. And he wants to help us and comfort us through it. So part of my Therapy for myself and helping myself through this was to press deeper into my faith and keep seeking the Lord, even when it hurt me the most.
0: It's interesting, too, that you bring up, you know, within the community, just that people didn't, like, there was a lack of empathy, almost. Is that kind of what it it was? was some,
2: not everyone, but yes, from some people, there was a lack of empathy.
0: Yeah, I I think that's kind of with all people, right? I mean, I know e for me, like I remember feeling even at church when I was going through similar things as you you two are. I felt like I knew it wasn't on purpose, but I felt like it was just something that was never talked about. And I was like, why? Like why are we not talking about this when so many men and women are suffering yeah. with this same issue? And that's what you know that's what we're all here for is is to help one another and especially when you're at worship and things like that and it just seemed like it was never really brought up and there wasn't anything and and so i i'm i'm uh I, i can understand i i'm there with you i'm there with you on that yeah i've learned that
2: when people don't know what to say sometimes they don't say anything and I've learned because I have a very close friend of mine who became a closer friend through the journey of infertility because she then we got to a place in our friendship where she felt comfortable asking and I felt comfortable sharing and opening up to her about about this part of our journey. She has over the years done a a great job of being so sensitive and so just you know more aware that not everybody's there you know or they they don't they just don't know how to or they're not just willing to learn so you know I think that's that's something that I've learned and I've observed in my encounters with individuals but then there are some people who you know have felt like you know it's gonna happen for you all or you know I'm just believing and you know um, trying to be encouraging like you know this person over here they would tell me stories like this person over here has you know waited for 15 years and then boom they got pregnant and although I appreciated th- those words of encouragement sometimes I'm like I don't want to hear it because <laughs> it still isn't happening for me so I know that has happened but you know It depends on obviously the person and the context, but yes, there have definitely been moments where I felt like people didn't share, bring it up out of sensitivity and not knowing what to say.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, I agree with you on that. I think it's hard for people to be willing to just maybe, I don't even know if it's not that they're willing, but it's just that they don't have the awareness to just sit with you in pain. They're just trying to say they're they're using sympathy and not empathy. Did the doctor say like unexplained fertility? Because so many people, I've even my other guests on my shows, like they always had this like we have no idea kind of answer.
2: Yeah, it's both. It's low ovarian reserve for me. So we after getting tested and everything, that part of what the doctors diagnosed for me was but even with that there's still it is unexplainable there wasn't anything else that they could to could really tell us
0: which is so frustrating
2: very <laughs> frustrating because i serve the god who can do the impossible right mm-hmm. i serve the god who can raise the dead i serve the god surely you can give me a child lord i mean this is easy for you you this is something you can do and it's something you've promised in the context of marriage. So why wouldn't you do that?
0: Yeah, very hard. So then you did the CloMed, you did the IUIs. You said you did two laparoscopic surgeries. I mean, that's heavy stuff. Um, what what came next?
2: What at one point we were driving from. Our home, an hour from our doctor, who was down in Chicago to try to get there by a certain time, because we had to be there at a certain time, to do a certain procedure. It was so hard and so frustrating. Yeah. And yeah. then I remember, you know, I would I was working at the time, and you know I would have to go to the doctor, I'd literally be at the doctor's office, and I would be weeping and then going to work and no one would know because i would just put on this mask like everything was okay no one knew just that morning i had you know had a doctor's appointment had been given some devastating news or found out you know because when i went through iui my eggs were not maturing so we had done all this work to do the shots correctly to get to the hospital by a certain time to get to be able to get to the point where we could try to get a Mm-hmm. A, a egg that was actually had matured, and we couldn't even get to that point. So again, like, are you kidding me? We're doing all of this, and we still right, exactly. can't have a successful pregnancy. Very difficult stuff. Then at one point, I actually did get pregnant, and I didn't know I was pregnant, and I had a miscarriage. So that was three years oh, ago. That no. was three years yeah. ago. So that's been our journey. I got to a point for me where I could not take it anymore from an emotional standpoint. And I don't know what works for each individual. I think that's a conversation between you and your spouse. But for me, I told my husband, like, I want this for us and I want this for you. But from an emotional standpoint, I can't keep doing this to myself. Because I think that was part of what continued this cycle of depression and hurt and pain for me. And I just had to stop it because I'm a naturally joyful person. I'm a kind person and I like to have fun. And i just and this, this piece of my life that I had no control over could no longer control my life and me and what I felt as a sense of purpose about myself or my marriage. Or I just needed to release that. And fortunately, my husband was on board as well because we had walked through this very closely, obviously, together. So fortunately, he was like, I'm with you. We don't have to keep trying that, you know, in vitro over and over again. And, we, you know, yeah. we were like, we're done. Because by that time, we had done so much. We were just like, you know, we spent years and, We just, I could not do that anymore. So I'm grateful, you know, for his support in that area, but it was
0: a lot. Yeah, we, we only know how much we can endure, right? Like what's right for us. And I think, um, you're, you hit the nail on the head like you, you, you know, you, you know, what's best for you, you know, in your heart. Yeah. And so, yep. yep. well right. said. Yep. So Trey, you know, because you are the first gentleman I have had as a guest on the podcast here. I am. Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: I am honored. I want to acknowledge that, <laughs>
0: represent. you know, of, um, I mean, as a man, I mean, how, how was all of this for you? I know you, you touched on it a little bit, but can you, uh, Kind of delve more into what like i mean I, I am curious myself like and i'm sure our listeners are too like how how was this for you
1: um you know it was, it was uh you know hurtful frustrating hang, hang you know um a sense of anger but um you know and and when it comes to it, I I would say probably maybe one. There probably was maybe one person who I could really talk with about it, um, other than you know my wife. But a uh, one guy who I could talk with about it or pray with me, um, you know about it. But you know it it was from from that standpoint. So having that, but then also, I, I love playing tennis so I had to find an outlet and I just really threw myself (laughs) into that even more into playing more tennis and that was like a sanctuary it was like um more than just an outlet for me um I could let my emotions out I can you know just you know just the range of emotions on that court and so it was I would say perhaps from 2009 to perhaps 2017, really just going from surprise, frustrating, anger to like, okay, hope, you know, still hopeful. Okay. You know, I want a legacy, you know, but still hopeful that, you know, God's gonna come through. So um, but at the same time, I knew I had something that I needed to do. I had I can't just sit around the house and just, you know, I, I had to um, you know, uh definitely pray, but also play tennis <laughs> and work. You know, those those were my you know, my my outlets and things that I had to really could focus on because the unfortunate thing for, for, for guys is that we don't necessarily... I can't speak for all guys, but many perhaps do not necessarily talk about things that are are really perhaps on our hearts to really discuss. That really is on our hearts, not just the fluffy stuff, but the things that are deeper. So. Because of trust or just a variety, who can you trust with this information? Because guys can be, you know, really cut, you know, really cut and, and, and really honest to the point where you can't really trust what they're going to say, you know, how they're going to handle not mature enough. So I, um, you know, I just really just, I had, I kept a lot of things to myself but I also played tennis and I did those things but I kept a lot of things to myself. That, that's not that wasn't necessarily healthy, you know, but I, I didn't want to talk, you know, one person's ear off about what I'm going through. You know, I, I didn't want to do that either. So, um, you know, just a variety of things that to really get um, to get it out. So I won't just explode one day because I kept it all in uh, that's not healthy either. So, but you know if 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 there's anyone going through something like this or you know from a God's perspective, just find that person who you trust and it's not going to just who can pray for you too. that's that's the main thing to pray for you and to really to walk through it with you that's that means a lot. you know that that really means a lot. And so that's that's kind of how I dealt with it. There's no book, you know, or, or no. pamphlet saying that, you know, this is how you really deal with it from a male, male perspective. It's just one of those things that you just have to just go through yourself and really try to do the best you can to, to uh, get the emotions out as well. I cried. I did, I did those things too. I yelled, I fast, you know, all those things. So, uh, and like I said earlier, I journaled too. So it wasn't completely like I kept it all in. I did write and, and talk about it too.
0: I appreciate your candor there and how, you know, how you said it's important to have us support a friend or a family member, someone that you can talk to and that can pray for you. I think that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Raz, you said that you eventually told Trey, I can't do it anymore. Like you said you did. Now, did you say one round of IVF you tried? Yes, one round of IVF. And then you said enough is enough. And that had to be hard and probably a relief too. I mean, can you, I could see how it could be both in some ways.
2: Yeah. Yeah, this is such an interesting journey because there's no easy path. Whatever decision you decide has its pros and cons, right? You could keep trying and you, you might find that it works out or you could keep trying and you, con- you experience, you know, disappointment if it doesn't work out. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a hard decision and I think it was harder for me because I love my husband. God bless me with a really awesome gift, which is my husband. He blessed me with a really, really awesome gift. And when you have a gift, you take care of it. And you want to do whatever you can because it's special. And I know I have something and someone very special in my life. And because he was hurting. Something that, you know, as a wife, I couldn't necessarily um, I couldn't change this force. I couldn't do it. It was, it was hard, but. I think that I became a better wife for him when I made the decision, because I wasn't I wasn't in a good place. I didn't like being depressed all the time, and I mean I was depressed a long time. It was really hard, for really 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 hard, and I did not like that. I just that wasn't me. So um, yep, yeah, it was hard, but it was definitely. The right decision and I think I just had to take the position and I think we took the position as a couple that we were just going to trust God you know with our lives and with with this part of this desire this desire that we had for children we were going to trust the Lord to bring that desire to pass and we also decided to be open and how he would bring that to pass so We have become foster care parents. Uh, We are licensed through um, the DCFS care system in Illinois. And for now, that has been the path that the Lord has allowed us to, to walk in. So even though it didn't happen the way that we thought and envisioned it would happen for our lives, we do feel blessed to serve children and to be a safe space for them and for their families in, in this season. And, and we don't obviously know what the future will hold, um, but this is, you know, part of our, our journey right now.
0: That is incredible that you are going to be taking in foster children. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have had three children so
2: far. We had two boys, two brothers last year, And we have currently a three-year-old little girl with us right
0: now. Oh My goodness. Gosh, I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes because, (laughs) you know, and it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but it's interesting that when you, one of you were saying earlier that this mask on at work, right, because you have all these things going on and for our listeners, Roz is someone that I worked with for four well, three or four years. And yeah. you know, and, and that happens with everyone, right? All of us, I mean me included, can say that yes, I've completely masked things um from my friends and different things like that at work. But for those of you that don't know Roz, I mean she is just a ray of sunshine and just beams happiness and kindness and ten to now hear that you were going through such painful things as just, I'm like, wow, how incredibly strong are you? But also like a sadness I feel that that maybe some of us there could have been for you too, you know. And and I don't mean to make you feel that you should have said anything at all, you know, everyone's private about different things. But yeah, I, I just, I feel sad just knowing you that I... Couldn't have been a better friend there for you Um, through things like that. And it's a lot of grief, right? Realizing that kind of like what you said, that I think I can't do it anymore. And then, like, did you find yourself just kind of going through those different stages of grief or like a self-reckoning of, you know, I don't want to blame myself here that there, this isn't the reason, I'm not the reason this didn't happen, it's not me. Yeah, I definitely went
2: through the cycles of grief. Um, and I think even learning, I don't re- fully remember how I learned that it finally was grief because I just personally hadn't really had probably something so personal and so close um, happen to me in that way before And so it was a lot of very new emotions for me to walk through and to navigate. But yes, definitely coping, acceptance, denial, like, you know, this cannot be happening and, you know, anger for sure. And um, then just definitely getting to a place of acceptance um, as well. And for me, you know, I I tell the Lord, like, I know I'm one of his slower kids because it takes me a little while longer to get stuff than maybe some other people. Some other people maybe wouldn't have taken as long, but my journey, it just took longer um, because, you know, it just did. So,
0: but it's all good. It's all good. And what advice would you give to other folks going through what? you both went through? Yeah,
2: I think there is some advice. I would definitely start with as a female and as a male, whatever you feel, it is okay. And I would start with just knowing that it is okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay to feel hurt. It is okay to feel pain. It is okay to feel sadness. It is okay to feel whatever you feel Um, in this journey, because those are very real emotions. Um, So just giving giving yourself the freedom to say, I'm not okay. It's okay to not be okay. So I would say that. And I would also add as a, and as, you know, a married couple, that you allow this part of your journey to draw you closer, that you press in closer to each other and not apart because sometimes when Mm -hmm. things happen in our lives that we didn't plan for, it can become a tool that the enemy will use to divide us. But it's very important that you allow your foundation to become stronger and that you choose to stand together through it and support each other. You know, Mm -hmm. be that safe space for your spouse to be vulnerable and share and cry and be okay with that. And we don't have to solve it. You may not have the solution, but you can just lean into each other and walk through it together. Um, and, and that would be part of the advice that I would give.
1: Right, and, and I think you're right to be honest, to make sure we're honest with our feelings and honest about where we are in this process. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult, but also to pray, to make sure that we are spending time in prayer, uh, with, you know, with, with each other, pray for each other. And, um, you know, definitely have that time to pray, uh, just you and, and God, you know, that's, that's, uh, to stick with it and not to give up. Those foundational principles of prayer, and uh, and also to read, you know, read the word. You know, there are so many. I wouldn't say so many, but there are examples in the Bible um, uh, with Hannah and and um, Sarah. You know, so many, so many different examples. And so, it's not so the issue of or this issue is not something that is um, you cannot find in the word of God, you know, the, the word of God is relevant to any situation. So it's it, it's it's something that to 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 lean on our faith. We we definitely you know, advise anyone going through any test, it doesn't have to be infertility, but you know, just to to lean on your faith. That's what gets you through.
2: You know, when these type of issues arise in our marriage that we want to run away from God instead of running toward God. And I think we serve a big enough God that we can be honest with him and say, this hurts me. This doesn't feel good. But one of the scriptures we've always held on to is in Romans 8 and 28, where it says all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and for those who are called according to his purpose. And I like to add to that scripture, not that you should add, but I do (laughs) that. God doesn't say that it won't feel good, but he does promise that it will work for your good. And I truly believe that. And that's where our our trust and faith is. And, And I would, I would hope that for anyone who's walking through this as well, that that's where they will put their, their trust and faith as well.
0: Beautifully said. Do you feel peace now? I wanted to ask you both. I mean, you've got these amazing foster children, and that is so cool. I mean, I am just smile ear to ear here that you're doing that. I just think that's, I admire you both. What, how do you feel now? Well, I think that I feel a rest in the
2: Lord But I want to be clear and say that I, that doesn't mean that I don't still have hurt sometimes, but that doesn't mean that I don't still have a question that will pop up, or I might feel disappointment or a little discouraged. That still hasn't gone away. I just don't dwell in that space any longer, but I definitely still, you know, have those moments. But I also feel like, God, you're going to take care of me. And I remind myself of that as well. Sure. Uh, thank
1: you for, for saying that. Um, for for the, uh, your kind words. So it's, um, you know, having uh, foster kids doesn't, it doesn't take the place or or it doesn't mask or cover up. You know some of the emotions. However, uh, I don't think about them. I don't think about it as much. I don't think about having, you know, biological children, as much. And you know, I, I don't pray about it as, as like I used to. I don't think about it, and I don't pray about it like I used to. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's definitely you know having children. I mean, I, you know, it's 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 um. It's something that I still—it's still a—it's still, still a desire, believe it or not. Uh, it's still a desire, but it's not as much or as big of a desire as it used to be. If that makes sense, and it's not—it's—it's it's something I like. I said I don't think about it as much, but um, you know, it's—it's. It's, um, I, I know, just we have our hands full with, with, with um, the three-year-old, so we we don't really have the space to even think about it as much or pray about it as much anyway
2: cuz we're tired right.
1: <laughs> so that is um kind of how so it's 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 a slight a slight difference but it's it's just that's just to be real and to be honest to be transparent you know that's it is definitely going to be going to be a difference you know we're not going to always always be at the same place uh at the same time so um my wife feels a certain way and i feel slightly different but um you know we'll we'll see what god says and see what what he what he has for us in the future
0: and have you both spoken out about have you told the story have you been speaking about your journey have you i know you know, at your church? Have you talked about it there? I mean, or or is this your first time doing it?
1: Um, we've, we've shared it before, you know, and there was a time when we, we didn't really share it at all. We were kind of, as they say, was suffering in silence. We, we would not, we really didn't share it with people because for a variety of reasons. Um, unless we, you know, obviously trust it. And, and there have been a few people, but um uh, we've shared it on a, a few occasions with, with like I say, close friends, people who are who we kind of discern that they're sincere about just, you know, where we are. You know, I can kind of discern, you know, we can kind of discern that. And so that's something that we appreciate. Because there are obviously, well, there are more who we who there are more people who don't say anything to us, or who are saying, you know, crazy stuff, or who has asked crazy things than are than there are people who are sincere about uh, where we are. So, like I said, we appreciate the the um, the people who are really in our corners and who uh, listen to us and pray for us. That's the important thing, the pray for us and pray with us.
0: Anything to add there, Raz? You know, I think you did a good job of summarizing that, babe. So, yeah, no, I don't think I have anything to add. Well, are there any last things that you wanted to put out there? We're grateful for the opportunity.
2: So I think, you know, we would just want to add a just prayer. Um, Lord, we thank you, Father, for for Andrea, Lord God, and just her heart to serve the community um, through this platform. We pray a blessing over her for wisdom and strength and just continued purpose. We Thank you for to share our story and for anyone who will be listening and, and, and hear this, um, this topic, we thank you, Lord, that there's nothing about our lives that catches you off guard. You tell us that you know all of our days before one of them comes to be. And so, Lord, I pray, Father, that whomever is listening, that you will just encourage them. And strengthen them, breathe new life into a marriage that may be broken or feel very desolate in this season, Lord God. Prove your faithfulness and remind whomever needs it today that you are an ever present time, an ever present help in the time of trouble, that you care about us, you're concerned, and when your children hurt, you hurt too, Father. I don't know why you allow us to walk through difficult things, but what I do know is that you will use it for our good, and you will walk with us through it, and you will carry us when we hurt the most. So I just pray your spirit of comfort, your spirit of encouragement, and your spirit of strength to continue to touch every listener that tunes into this podcast, and I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.